is Thursday. Tanner Hoops in studio with you. Thanks for hanging out with me. Invite me inside your home, your car, your office, wherever I'm coming at you from. Glad we can hang out together. Now, while it is Thursday, Jake Durant of Local 3, our usual Thursday guest, is not here yet. Jake is a busy man. High school football starting up. I'm a busy man myself with high school football starting up. I was in Ishpeming about an hour ago doing a feature on Westwood football. Of course, we're Westwood's flagship home, and that feature should be available on our social media probably by tonight. Keep an eye out for that. Jake is doing some features himself. He's on his way back. He'll be here in a couple of minutes. He texted me about 10 minutes ago that he's in Harvey, so Jake is going to be right around the corner. I tell you what, though, you stuck with me for the first part of this show. Let me let you know what's been going on in the early going. And let's start with the Little League World Series because the championship round in Williamsport officially is underway. They got going about 1 o'clock today and following a lengthy lightning delay, Curacao picked up the first win of the tournament as they knock off Australia 11 to nothing. Little League World Series getting going, running through today until the 25th of August out in Williamsport. By the way, the Traverse City Pittsbitters, if you don't know about them, we've had their manager, Josh Reban, on here a couple of times. They're a pretty good ball team this year, to say the least. Last night, they beat the Madison Mallards 3-2 to in the Great Lakes Divisional Championship game. They will play for the Northwoods League Championship tomorrow night in Traverse City. Winner take all, they will take on the Eau Claire Express. I was in the Northwoods last year. I was with Duluth. I was on the call for the Northwoods League Championship Series, and now Traverse City is a part of it. About a three-hour drive here from Marquette, from our listening area. If you're interested in some great baseball, a really cool league at a beautiful ballpark. Their ballpark used to be hosted by, I think, a Class A affiliate of the Tigers. Indoor batting cages, just an outstanding facility. That could be your plan for tomorrow night. Head over to Traverse City, 705 first pitch, as they take on Eau Claire for the Northwoods League Championship Pittsburgh's trying to win it in their inaugural season. That is what's coming on tomorrow, and I'm hoping to talk with Josh again, get him on next week. Hopefully we can talk about their championship. Other things you might have missed today, DeMarcus Cousins. I feel for Boogie. It was announced today by Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, our NBA insider, that he has another torn ACL. It's a reminder, it doesn't take summer league games, it doesn't take practice, it doesn't take regular season games to cause an injury. Boogie did it by working out. And I feel for that guy. I mean, I really do. He's chasing that ring hard. Took a big pay cut last year to go to Golden State. I think we all kind of hated him on some level for it. Man, I'm empathetical for Boogie Cousins. I feel bad for him. I'm wishing him all the best and a speedy recovery, but he's getting to that point where you factor in his age and as being as injury prone as he is, it, the outlook's just not positive. How about Connor McGregor? You see what he did earlier today. We're just finding out about this. We're finding more information because it happened earlier today. He's in Ireland right now, his native Ireland, and apparently he was at a bar offering the patrons shots. He wanted everyone to do shots with him. A 65-year-old man said no and got sucker punched by Conor McGregor, professional fighter Conor McGregor. What's more, the man didn't do anything. Just went back to having his beer. He's just sitting in the bar. About midday, it looked like it was noon in Ireland, so I don't know what time that makes it here. He gets punched by a professional fighter, one of the best in the world, and just goes back to drinking his beer. I don't want to get into an Irish stereotype, but how many times do you think that happens? That you just come into a bar, somebody just hits you, that's it. <laughs> you don't do anything about it. 
And uh, Jake just texted me that he is here, so I'm going to take a break here early and let him in. And I've got some stuff that I want to say for when Jake is here. But the last thing before we do that, Landry Jones, remember him? Former Pittsburgh Steelers backup quarterback. He is officially the first signed player in the reboot of the XFL. The Extreme Football League Part 2. Coming back in 2020, Landry Jones is officially the first player signed by the league. So I tell you what, I know it's really early. I know we're just five minutes into the show, but Jake is here, and we want as much Jake time as we can get. So let's take our first time out early. We've got some fun stuff coming up after this. ESPN just released their top 50 football programs of all time, NCAA college football. We're going to give you the top 10. I tell you what, I like this list. I'm going to tell you why next on ESPNUB. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops with you. Welcome back inside the studio on this Thursday afternoon. And in true Sports Pen Thursday fashion, Jake Durant is here. Sports guy over at Local 3. You've been busy today. You've been busy this last week or so. I tell you what, you and I both, we're going to get even more busy here in the coming weeks. Yep, uh, high school football, it's well underway. Teams are at their training camps and just getting ready. So, you know, every single day we're hitting up at least one camp, sometimes two, sometimes three a day. And, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, what these teams have coming back, trying to figure out the landscape a little bit. There's going to be a lot of parity. You know, there's a lot of good star players returning that has, have a lot of experience. Guys like a Jason Waterman at Nagani. Yep. Um, you know, um, uh, Marcus Johnson from Iron Mountain, who's, mm-hmm. who's injured right now, but talking to him yesterday, he's hoping to get back sooner than later, so rather sooner than later. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of good talent coming back, a lot of players that played as juniors who are going to have some breakout seasons, and then, you know, you're going to have your strong teams. Uh, Marquette is a team that I'm very interested in. Yep. When you talk about that offense last year was absolutely explosive. It's almost video game-like when you watch them play with Ethan Martish and uh, Drew Jencheck and guys like that. They're all gone. But going to their practice and watching them, they got some explosive athletes as well. I just went there yesterday. So um, those are just the two most recent I've, I've done, Iron Mountain and Marquette. Um, but we're going to get into Delta County here pretty soon on level three. So look out for that. And, and I'm just excited to get the season underway. I, I just love, I love high school football. It's great. There's going to be some good football in Marquette County this year. I would not be shocked if all five teams have winning records when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously Jeff Olson not going to be at Ishpeming, but George They're the biggest Nimi, question They're mark. the biggest question mark, but, you know, talking to George Nimi, the the new head coach there at Ishpeming, you know, he's going to follow that same template, that same formula. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he talks with um, Jeff Olson almost on the daily, regularly, and, you know, he's definitely keeping close in contact. Um, he's been in the program for well over a decade now, so he, he kind of knows what, what Ishpeming football is all about, and he's not really trying to change a lot. You know, they hired within the, the, the program, so, um, you know, those guys coming up, they know what they, the coaches want. They're going to run their plays, and they're just going to run, you know, it's not a lot of plays. It's nothing fancy or anything like that, but it, it's going to be, they're going to be good at what they do. And then obviously Nagani, I think Nagani is going to be a good team. Yeah. You know, they, they had a kind of a growing year last year. They had a lot of young guys, but um, they do lose a little bit. But, I mean, they got some talent. You, they, you, they got talent in the right spots. And, and obviously Paul Jacobson's going to have those guys, you know, ready to go. So Nagani's good. Westwood, they lose that great senior class. And they um, are small this year. That's what I heard. They have, I don't know if they have a player over 200 pounds, but I tell you what, they are going to be fast. They yeah, are going to be a fast I mean, team. Yeah, you know, Sergio is going to be there. He he knows how to use his personnel, and mm-hmm. and I can imagine that they're just going to you know they're going to be like 
maybe like the Kansas City Chiefs of high school <laughs> football. They're just gonna have have players running in and speed kills. So um, yeah, I heard they were they were abnormally small a little bit. You know, they don't really have any any beef up front. Um, and in the UP, you don't really get big linemen right. or guys like that or big linebackers usually. But yeah, they're going to be. They're not going to be too. Uh, too. I still think they'll be a physical team, but mm-hmm. they're going to have to be a little bit more finesse. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Gwyn too. Gwyn's another team. Yep. They're always strong. They're, they always, you know, they don't necessarily get the numbers that they probably want. Mm-hmm. But the guys that do play are really tough and and really good athletes and, and coached really well. So. It's going to be interesting. I always enjoy talking to Coach Brown over at Gwynn because what he's done there in his first couple of years at Gwynn has been really phenomenal. He's established a playoff culture there after they went maybe two decades without a playoff appearance. And now, based on all the guys that I've talked to there, the next step is start winning in the playoffs. You know, They, they are consistently growing every year, and it's not going to be far off until they get that first playoff victory. Yeah, and I knew right away, right when uh, Coach Brown was hired there in Gwynn, that he was going to be a great coach for that team. You know, he's a player's coach. He he, he knows the game very well. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. Um, and he truly believes that the guys he has in front of him, the guys that he, he is coaching, have what it takes to get there. Um, they might not necessarily be the biggest, the fastest, the strongest um, players, but what he instills, he instills that mentality that, you know, we're just going to outwork people. We're going to outwork people. We're going to be tough. And we're going to believe that we can go into these games and, and win games. And, and we're going to set our systems and, and we're going to do everything well. And, and um, Coach Brown is one of those coaches that anytime I think about that's the type of coach I like. That's yeah. the type of coach I would like to play for. And it's just because he believes. He, he believes that, you know, those kids over there can do it. And, and like you said, he's kind of instilled that winning culture now. And these kids actually believe that they can do it after not being able to make the playoffs for so many years prior to him getting there. Well, I tell you what, we could go on and on about high school football, and we will more in the coming weeks. But for now, I want to get to something that we came out with at ESPN earlier today. ESPN and a group of some of the most respected college football writers in the country and that we have here at the station got together, and they put together a list of the top 50 NCAA football programs of all time. And there are a few different ways that they based their decisions on. And I, I like kind of this formula, actually. What they did, they took the last 150 years or so of college football, and they split into three different time segments, each of 50 years. And really, if you had teams that were overlapping into those segments, those eras, that would score better for you. Now, here's the official formula that they used. 20% of their grade and their decision was based on the number of championships and dominance. What dominance means, that is up to the sports writers. Another 20% is based on overall winning percentage during the best 50 seasons of that team's history. So it doesn't count overall, just what was your most dominant era and what was your winning percentage from that 50-year stretch. 30% winning percentage after 1968. So they factor in a little bit of recency. 20% on your winning percentage from 1919 to 1968, and then 10% on your winning percentage prior to that. So they do weight this a little bit, and you get more credit for being more successful more recently. So here is their list. I tell you what, I want to get your thoughts on the list. And before I give you the list, think about what college football programs come to mind when you think all-time top 10. I did this. I played this game with myself before the list was revealed to me. I wanted to ask myself to see if I could get them right. I didn't even try to order them. Which schools are going to be in the top 10? What are the 10 greatest, most dominant college football programs of all time? 
I got eight out of ten. I would have got nine out of ten, except for something that I'm going to explain as I get the list revealed to me. But some of them just pop off your head, and a few others you got to think about a little bit. I'm sure you got a few that are in the back of your head right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? I mean. I can go, I mean, obviously Alabama's going to be in there, obviously. Spoiler alert, they were number one. Yeah, traditional teams, you know, Oklahoma's, Michigan, um, Texas. um, You're forgetting one. USC, what? You're forgetting a big one. Ohio State. No. What? Well, I mean, they're on there, but that's not who I was talking about. Um, Come on, Jake. um, um, Your team? Yeah. Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, I had to course. take it. That was the first one on my head. Well, the uh, first one off my head is Michigan. I'm, 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 I'm going. I'm doing this for the first time right now, people. Um, yeah, I mean, those are those are some of the bigger ones. Uh, you know, you, you look at the conferences, mm-hmm. and it's for me. You know, obviously they're going back in history, but right. for me, being I'm 30 years old, so I can just go back to when I started watching football, which was 20 something years ago. You know, I would say teams like Miami would be there for me. I would say like LSU could be in there. Miami was actually one I thought for sure was a top ten, maybe top five. Miami's not in the top ten. Surprise me. That was the one I I'm going to count as I got wrong. The other one I'm not going to count. I got ninety percent. I probably probably I don't think I'd get ninety percent. I don't really know. I guess I'm going to look at this list. Um, I bet you you're not going to get number ten on the list. I bet no one's going to get number ten unless you've already heard the list. I'm looking at it right now. Um, Number ten. North Dakota State. North I, Dakota, I don't count that. What? North Dakota State. The Bison. I mean, they got a lot of points off winning percentages, huh? Yeah, but they're dominate. FCS. They dominated the FCS. That's why I, I don't count that one. That one doesn't count. No. That one shouldn't count. Is I'm, I'm surprised. I'm looking at the list. Clemson's not on here. Clemson Obviously is they not. Have, they, have, they became they've had a lot better of recent success. recently. Let's keep going on this list, though. Number nine, Texas. Four national championships. They have been... What's the word I'm looking for? Streaky. They've had some streaky. really good stretches of five to ten years, and they've had some really bad stretches. But you of know, five the state of Texas years. is football. It in is. My eyes, you know what I mean? And that's and that's they deserve to be a top ten program. They sh- they yeah they do. Number nine. That's that's nine, a little about, uh, you know they. I, I would say that that's all right. How about number eight, Nebraska? For a long see, time, they, they were dominant. dominant. They, they were, were dominant. They were dominant. I didn't really pay a lot of attention because they were dominant probably when I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they haven't done anything lately. No. That's probably what hurt them a little bit. But from what they were able to do when they were actually rolling, um, yeah, I mean, they, I guess they deserve to be on there. Five national titles. It's pretty good. Here's the other one that you can put a little asterisk next to. Number seven, Yale. 18 national what? championships. Yale. Yale. Yeah, win something after Woodrow Wilson was president, and we'll give you a little credit. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yale, are you kidding me? They were dominant when they, they had it going, though. Yeah, back when there were five teams in college I'm always, football. I'm always impressed by teams like that, like Ivy League schools and, and schools with just, like, ridiculous academics, because for for athletes to be able to keep up in, in school mm-hmm. and then also be that good on the football field, that's pretty impressive. Ryan so, Fitzgerald. Ryan Fitzgerald. No. Matt, uh, that's that's uh, an L for me. That's a, <laughs> that's a trip to the penalty box. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitz. I, I agree with it. Time out. Two minute time out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to the penalty box. Yep. Self imposed fine. Princeton on here. Princeton, Princeton number eleven. Harvard. Those are some of those schools. 
Uh, number six, you'll like this, Michigan. Michigan. Michigan's up there with nine national we championships. We have the best winning percentage of all time, right? You do. You do, since Notre Dame got sanctioned. Even though it's slowly, <laughs> yeah, since Notre Dame, even though it's slowly diminishing, you know, the gap. But One that I was thinking about, if they would be in this top ten list or not, was Penn State. Because I didn't know if they would count a lot of Joe Paterno's victories or if those would be stripped from him. Mm-hmm. They did come in at number 12, though, on this list. So I, I count that one for yeah, me because <laughs> I'll give my winning percentage 90 on this list. Mm-hmm. We're into the top five. USC, nine national championships. They were absolutely dominant during the 2000s, that decade with that Pete Carroll. That was so fun. That oh was not God. so fun. They played Notre Dame every year. They're one of the biggest rivals. Where were you in that game where Leinert pushed or Reggie Bush pushed Leinert over the goal Oh, line. it was illegal. Shouldn't have counted. It shouldn't have counted. No. You're, you're right. It shouldn't have counted. I, I'm man. not just being a homer saying that. And honestly... I, I didn't really have anything in that game. I just wanted to see a good game, and mm-hmm. I just remember that was one of those games where I was locked in from start to finish. That team, that USC team, not getting away from the greatness of Notre Dame during mm-hmm. that time, but that USC team with, like, Liner, Reggie Bush, all those guys, Steve Smith. They were good. Um, they were really White. good. Oh, my goodness. That was so fun to watch. That defense was pretty pretty good, too. Um, you know, they beat Notre Dame. They suffered that hard Texas loss in the national champion, Vince Young. Man, that that's a good team. That's a really good team. Unfortunately, they they haven't. They're like right there every year, mm-hmm. but they just haven't been able to get like back to that prominence. No, they're, they're, I don't know that they're going to unless Pete Carroll comes back. I don't. I don't see how you can't recruit good. Rec- I mean, they they get decent recruits. I guess it's just coaching ones. Why once can't you get there. a good coach to USC? They thought know. Lane Kiffin was the right answer for a while. Yeah, I don't know, man. Sometimes programs go through that. They just can't get it right. And yeah, they should have kept Ed Orgeron. I, I agree. I don't think he's elite, but he's better than Clay Helton. He's yeah, better so, than Sarkeesian. Sometimes you got to just keep those solid coaches. They're not going to like be. You're not going to get the Dabo Sweeney's and Nick Saban's all the time, but you get those solid coaches. You keep them. University of Washington's doing it. Yep. Um, guys like that. So number four on this list is Oklahoma. Love it. They deserve to be up there. They deserve it. They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Seven national titles. And you can make the case that decade in, decade out, over the course of these 150 years, Oklahoma has been the most consistent of anybody. They have been consistently good at a high level. Yeah, I mean, just from what I remember, my earliest football memory, college football memories, you know, Bob Stoops was there, very mm-hmm. consistent, always brought in players. You knew what you were going to get, you know, always in that conversation. And then obviously now they got – they got the next big thing. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's coming there. Players want to play there. I think the the culture there is great. I don't know what there is to do in Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm always afraid. I'm always coaches. afraid. I'm afraid of like areas like that. I don't like tornadoes. You know, <laughs> I'm always weather's a big thing for me. If I was a recruit, weather would be like I don't want to be in a hurricane. I don't want to be like in, you know, tornado country. I don't know. That scares me. You're okay with being iced over though. Blizzards are fine. Yeah, that's I'll, why you're living up here. That's why I'm from here, man. This is all I know. Uh, I tell you what, how is it easier to recruit players and coaches to Oklahoma than it is to USC? Because right now, USC has got who's that kid's name? He was like he's like 19 years old right now. He was starting as a true freshman last year. Don't remember his name at quarterback. He's pretty good, or at least he's going to be pretty good. But he is not Kyler Murray. He is not Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma is getting Heisman-level quarterbacks. All those guys following Baker Mayfield. They have Clay Hilton over in USC right now following Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin. Oklahoma has had Barry Switzer, Bob Stoops, Lincoln Riley. How is it better to recruit in Oklahoma than Southern California? Man, you bring recruits to the the campus there. They see the history. Mm -hmm. They see the greatness. 
they probably you know top-notch facilities um you know there's nothing to, no extra noise outside of football there's like i said you know it's not like it's a deserted town but mm-hmm. football is everything you know the 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 residents, local residents, live for it. You know, die hard. Everything. You go to USC. There's a lot. To, there's a lot to do there. Yep. Football's not really everything. I mean, you do got your fans, but you got UCLA right there, um, and and things like that. So it's like, you want to be somewhere where football's the number one priority. You got that history. You got the facilities. You got the coach. You got the momentum. You see guys doing it year after year, making it to the NFL, Heisman winners. You know, playing for national championships. I mean, as a, as a young kid, and that's all you know. You see these programs that, that that's amazing. You know, that's why you see guys not going to Miami as much anymore. Yeah. You know? That's why Alabama can get the recruits they Alabama, do. Alabama, they don't really have to do much you because gotta, who wants to choose to live in Tuscaloosa? Right, half the time, exactly. Half the time, they just all they got to do is offer, and, and the kids are already ready. They're just waiting for it. It's it is insane. a football factory. They want to get onto the NFL, and they know that they can achieve that goal in easily, Alabama easily. Number three on the list, eight national championships, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They are, they're so annoying. You know, what, what is up with that? They, they patent the, the, how are they, the, how are they coming on that? The, yeah, the, I don't, you know. The Ohio State. The Ohio State. What happened to the U? Is it the U? <laughs> Miami, they, they, they copy, man. Yep. I mean, as a Michigan fan, you know, I, the dislike for Ohio State is, is there. You got to respect what they, they can do. Obviously, they're like the Alabama almost of of the Midwest coming up here. They get recruits. They win. Sometimes they don't win fairly, but they win. I'll give them that. I tell Number you three's what, high, though. Number three's high, though. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I could consider putting USC ahead of Ohio State mm-hmm. all time. I'd be okay with that. Uh, yeah, they are a school that has been shady the last couple of years. But they do win. Listen, every time they're good, Maurice Claret was a huge. They, yes, they he always was. have. A, they always have some sort of underlying, you know, illegal stuff going on. I'm not saying everything's true that comes out of there, but there's always some shady stuff coming out of there. And it, I'm not just saying that. It's tr- It's facts. Just look at it. I wish I could have been in Columbus around the time the Zach Smith news broke. And I could go to a sports bar and just watch the reaction. The TV says, breaking news, Zach Smith has been arrested, former wide receiver coach at Ohio State. And the whole bar would collectively yell, the Ohio State. Doesn't <laughs> matter what the you. context Don't is. Don't slander our name. <laughs> number two on the list, and if it weren't for Alabama, at number one would probably be the best football program of all time. <laughs> The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They can't win big games, though. Well, they haven't been able to since 1988. That's not fair, Jake. <laughs> I, don't, I was born in 89. I, I know, know. They just haven't been able to win big games since Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I mean, they're iconic. They're an iconic program. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame football. Rooney. All those movies made from them. The Golden Helmets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lit in their own little world. I don't know. I, something about them. The Fighting Irish. The song that they play in, in It's my ringtone. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I'm not even a Notre Dame fan, but like I can imagine going to a game, how great that would be. I mean, it's every, they, it's everything you want college football to be. You know what I mean? Tradition, right? You know, like they've garnered that passion. respect. Like I'm not a Michigan guy. I'm like the anti-Michigan right. guy, but I respect Michigan. I do, I mean, and it, what it, they've established. It, and it's it's the same for me for Notre Dame. You know, a, a recruit, big time recruit. I only go to Notre Dame. That makes sense. Yeah. It's Notre Dame. I tell you what. Sparty was on this list. They have three national championships. They were 28th. So, I don't know. I mean, they've been good. They've been, they've been solid. They've had a few I'm, years. I'm not even trying to bash on them. But you they know, don't they, have that level of Michigan, dominance right. to be really any higher. You know, they were little brother for a while. They, they've been able to kind of put Michigan in their place recently. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they've dealt with some of their own issues outside of football and things like that. But when you talk about just putting a product on the field, they've been consistent. They get recruits. You know that you you know they're going to play tough. And um, every so often in in each decade, they they put a little string of wins together, I guess, so they can be considered one of the better programs. And yeah, I, 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 again. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Michigan State, obviously, mm-hmm. but you got to respect what they've been able to do. And I tell you what, you take out a few of these programs, and they rise to the top pretty quickly. You take out Yale at number seven. We're not gonna we're not gonna recognize North Dakota State at number ten. Princeton I don't know, is man. here at number I'll, I'll fight for North Dakota State. Then. No, they're FCS. They're FCS, but they 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 brought some pros in. If know, Michigan State played their schedule, Michigan State would rise to number one <laughs> in this list. Hey, they can't. They can't do. They can only do what they can. They do what, what they got to work with. I, I'm not saying they're a bad program. Just they are not better than some of these schools that they're listed at, like Penn State. Yeah, you're right. Tennessee at number 14. Harvard, by the way, was 13. We can take them out too. Hey, well, you got to be hating on all these these smart schools. Play somebody good. <laughs> be good. We're after my grandparents were born, and I'll respect what you've been doing lately. Do you ever see, think we'll see a rise of these schools like Harvard and them come back to prominence? Like, I don't know. Be popular amongst the the youth again i'd kind of like to, to see be it. super you know academics is 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 in right now i tell you what whenever march madness comes around the ivy league gets an automatic bid so there's always going to be usually it's either harvard or princeton i think yale was in it a couple of years ago there's always going to be one of those teams playing in the 512 matchup guarantee it there will always be an ivy league team in one of the 512 seed yeah. first round <laughs> matchups and they are a serious upset contender they are mm-hmm. they are yep uh, LSU was 15th. Who is Mount Union, and why are they 16th on this list? I don't really know a lot about Mount Union, but they sound like they're a good team. The Purple Raiders. They're a Division yes. Three school. Get them off of here. Come on. Mount. Hey, man, they've probably been dominant. Purple Raiders? That's Yeah, that's Division Three. They've got 13 national titles. Notre Dame has 13 national titles. <laughs> I still consider Notre Dame to have the most national titles, only behind Yale, and Yale's don't count, <laughs> because they played back when there were like five teams in college football. It doesn't matter. They won. <laughs> what are they supposed to do? Say these don't count after 20 years? I'm just going to put an asterisk next to it. <laughs> uh, the U, Miami, came in 17th. Another Division three school, St. John's, Minnesota. Actually, my school played them and lost like 43-2 to two when I was a junior in college. They're pretty good, but again, they're D3. The, the, that and the U should be up higher. Come on. Florida State was 19th. Then you had Auburn coming in 20th, followed by Florida and Georgia. Two teams I thought would be a little higher, to be Florida, honest. Florida, Georgia, you. Florida State, um, Penn State. Boise State's 23rd, Clemson, 24th. They're still new to this, you know, whole college football dominant scene. They're going to be good for a long, yeah. long time. They're going to keep rising up mm-hmm. this list. Grambling is at number 25. I like this one, though. I'm going to count this one. 26, Penn. The Man. University of Pennsylvania. Mm. I'm going to count that one because they have more wins in program history than some pretty good football programs right now. And I know you could say that about Yale and those guys, but, but Penn, for me, has done a little more recently. Okay. I'll, I'll give it to you. Wittenberg at 27th ahead of Michigan State, followed by Minnesota, who actually did dominate the 1950s. And then the <laughs> Don't laugh. And then Washington rounds out the top 30. I want to give you this, though, before we sign off. Uh, I was doing a little more digging. How about this? Which schools have produced the most NFL Pro Bowlers? Would you have any guess as to who the top one would be? Um, Miami. Top one is USC. Okay. 235 alumnus have gone on to be NFL Pro Bowlers. Wow. It just came along with it. I just found it. That was a cool stat. They are far and away the best alumni producing 
Pro Bowl selection, whatever. You know what I'm saying. I got you. Notre Dame was number two with 184, then Miami at 179, Ohio State at 171, and then how about Tennessee? Fifth, all-time at producing Pro Bowlers. It's pretty good. Peyton Manning being the most notable. Yeah, yeah, Peyton Manning. 2001 Miami Hurricanes, I think their whole their whole team turned <laughs> out to be Pro Bowlers. I'm serious. Uh, Michigan team. was on that list, by the way, at 11th, and then Sparty was 12th. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, we owe you a timeout as we're just across the bottom of the hour. When we come back, Q107 is doing something interesting. They're trying to find out the best one-hit wonder on, you know, of course, music charts, what have you. We are going to do the same thing with NFL players next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along as always. Here is your Sports Center update. Last night, Albert Pujols recorded his 3,168th career hit, passing Adrian Beltre for the most all-time by a foreign-born player in Major League history. Major League Soccer is coming to St. Louis. The city has been awarded an expansion franchise per reports, and an official announcement is expected next week. And finally, a Virginia man was caught on video leaving old TVs outside of 50 homes this week. No one knows why or even who the man is. The best part, he was wearing a mask of what appeared to be one of the TVs he was leaving. It was one of those old TVs with the fat back, and if you watch the video, it's available on Twitter. I think Ice-T retweeted it, and that's how I found it. I don't follow Ice-T. Somebody I follow does, apparently, and retweeted him. But the guy looks at the camera with the TV on his head. like He looks like, he looks like a giant humanoid Teletubby, in a way. And I don't know if TV screens are clear or what, but he could see where he was going just fine. And he wore one of these TVs on his head. I don't know if it was a mask or if he replaced the screen with like a mesh something so we could see. But he just like smiles and waves once he sees the camera, leaves the fat back TV. Apparently he did it to 50 houses in Virginia this week. You know, nothing surprises <laughs> me anymore. Um, so this guy was wearing a TV mask or something mm-hmm. similar and just handing out old boxed TVs to people? Yep. You know, there could be worse people in the world. <laughs> I mean, he could at least hook it up with some flat screens. There you go. Something. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe this guy just had had a bunch of TVs laying around. Maybe he owned an appliance store or something at one time. or Couldn't I, sell them because... Couldn't sell them. Nobody wanted them. And he figured he was doing a good deed. So he decided to pass them out and during the time he was formulating that plan he decided maybe I should just wear one of these on my head and become the TV man. See I could buy the first part the second part the guy can't be all there. He can't be all there. I don't know. I mean is what he did even illegal? It's kind of creepy but is it against the law? No. Unless he was like doing something to hurt people. Right. I kind of want to catch this guy just because I want to know more about him like I want to know why he did it. Like who he is and everything. Maybe just to get some attention man. It's the world we live in. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you in the sports pen. Well, tomorrow, if you listen to our sister station, Q107, they're there with the music. Jen is going to be back full-time in the morning, by the way. She's coming back from hip surgery. And then Jim, of course, on in the afternoons. He's on right now across the way. Tomorrow, they are going to try to figure out what is the Upper Peninsula's favorite one-hit wonder. So we're going to do the same thing this afternoon with football players. Jake is going to draft a fantasy football team based of NFL flameouts. Guys who were good at one point, 
Should have been good, maybe. And now we don't hear from him anymore. So that is the task I have at hand for him. I tell you what, quarterbacks and running backs were so much easier than wide receivers and tight ends for this. Mm, really? And some kickers. Some kickers. I can see there would be a decent amount of quarterbacks because they're having quarterbacks. And this is why I always say the rule for me, I want to see a quarterback do it consistently for about three, four years because we've seen players come into the league, have that one solid year, and then whether it be injuries, you know, just the mental part of the game being too much or, or teams figuring out their play style. Or, you know, maybe the supporting cast isn't great and then their confidence gets broken. You know, it's it's tough to do it consistently. So I expect there to be a lot of surprising names on this. Not surprising, but names we've probably forgotten as quarterbacks and these running backs. A lot of these guys, you know, I couldn't put up a good enough list, I thought. And these are guys in recent memory. I should clarify. I didn't go back to the 70s, 80s, 90s for this. So these are a lot of guys that even our younger listeners should be able to recognize but here are three quarterbacks that truly were one-hit wonders. They had one good season and then nothing from them the rest of their career. You pick between these three. Tell me what you want. Robert Griffin, Derek Anderson, or Tommy Maddox? I got to go with RG3. <laughs> Come on now. RG3 at his prime, I think, is better than Maddox or Anderson he, at their prime. Yeah, he kind of came in and he was something that we hadn't seen in a long time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he had a little bit of Mike Vick in him. He obviously he was fast. He could run, but he was a little bit, you know, he could throw it when he was on. I just feel like obviously the leg injuries were a lot for him, mm-hmm. and just that supporting cast there in Washington. He just didn't have a line. He couldn't stay straight. The coaching was all messed up. Nothing lined up for him, and then he just kind of couldn't get his confidence back. RG three, I would say the one overall. year RG three had. Obviously, Andrew Luck was right there with him. Won Rookie of the Year that year over rookie, Andrew Luck. Yeah, he won Rookie of the Year, and he got injured right at the end of the season. Yep. But, I mean, he just didn't know how to not take a hit. He, mm-hmm. kept, he kept running into hits. But, I mean, when he was on, he was on. He was a good player. Unless we're talking about prime for one specific game, in which case I'd go with Derek Anderson. That 2007 game where he threw for five touchdowns after being the third starting quarterback for Cleveland that year. Mm. I might have to go with him that. But then his rage retirement, a post-game rage where in a burst of anger he announced his retirement. I'll always remember him for that. It's legendary. <laughs> so here's the team that you're drafting at these positions. I've got six quarterbacks. Not all of them are necessarily one-hit wonders, but they flamed out after putting up some pretty decent seasons, some pretty decent games in the NFL. Six guys, as in fantasy football, you can pick two. Tell me which of these guys that – you want to build your team around as far as quarterbacks. Tim Tebow is on that list. Our old friend Tim Tebow, always going to remember him for his sophomore season in the NFL. Played three years in the NFL, but I'm never going to forget watching live when he threw that game-winning, it wasn't even a bomb downfield, it was like a little slant pass, and he just slipped behind the Steelers' defense and walked them off in the playoffs. Mm -hmm, Never going to forget that. Robert Griffin, again, our old friend, is back up there. How about Vince Young, a guy whose NFL career never really took off? He had immense talent, mm-hmm. a pretty good rookie season, if I remember right. Mike Glennon, another guy that was an NFL all-rookie selection when he first came into the league, and now he's a journeyman career backup. This one I debated on putting in there because it's not really a flame-out. It's just never recovered from injury. Teddy Bridgewater suffered from a really bad knee injury when he looked like he was going to be the face of the Minnesota Vikings going forward. I think he forward. has a little juice left. I think he does too, but I don't think he'll ever reach the potential he Probably was supposed not. to before his injury. So I hesitated putting him up there, but I did. And then Sam Bradford would be another guy who I think he was, uh, was he all pro at one point? I thought he was. He was good. He was, he, good. He was pretty good he's, for a long time. Well, not a long time. He's made of glass. Yeah. 
So I've got those six, Tim Tebow, Robert Griffin, Sam Bradford, Vince Young, Teddy Bridgewater, and Mike Glennon. At their prime, which of those two six are you going with? All right. I, I'm a huge fan of Tim Tebow. I'm not going to pick Tim Tebow because I still think he didn't have all of the skill you wanted as a quarterback. He's remembered more for one moment. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's a, he's a great leader, always good for a soundbite. You know, he, he could run a little bit. As, he just wasn't accurate, so I, I have to get Tim Love me some Tim Tebow. Right? I know. I, I know what um, you mean, but I'm happy for I, him. I don't really know a lot about Mike Glennon, to be honest with you. because yeah. he, sure he never was, plays. Right, I'm sure he was good, so, so I'm going to scratch him. I like Sam Bradford. Okay. I'm going to take Sam Bradford. Um, when he was on, he was a great passer, very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had it all. He just was – every time he got hit, he was hurt. Yeah. But I'll take Sam Bradford. I think when he's healthy, he can really sling it. He's really accurate and things like that. I'll take Sam Bradford, and I'm going to take – I got to go back to RG3. Okay. I got to go back to RG3 just because I was just so amazed when I watched him play. You know, I thought he was like the next, obviously, face of the NFL. And he was really good, man. He could run. He could throw. He was accurate. Because a lot of the times when you have those running quarterbacks coming in, <clears throat> you're always wondering, are they accurate throwing? And I, I, I was just was impressed by the way he could throw and things like that. You know, he was just it, man. He was it for me. So I'm going to go RG3 and Sam Bradford. If I were to put one of my favorite all-time short-lived professional athletes up there, Mr. Johnny Manziel. Does that change your answer? Because he never really had a peak Listen, in the NFL. No. Like, he was never good in the NFL. He was I, just I short-lived. Like, I like players like Johnny Manziel, mm-hmm. but he was one of those players that had, you know, he had this money symbol, yep. you know, marketing-wise. He but was he really there. never was good. But he NFL. wasn't good. He didn't he have that defining moment like Tebow. You know what they say, when you're that type of player where you talk a lot, and you're you're you know out in the media and you're mm-hmm. you're making tab headlines and tabloids and stuff. You got to be able to back it up because if you don't, you you'll look like Johnny Menzel and you'll look really dumb. And um, he just he just didn't have it, man. Mm-hmm. He, the mentality, football wasn't a priority for him. So I loved him in college. I was a huge fan coming out. I thought he was going to be able. To, I thought he was going to be the Baker Mayfield for mm-hmm. the Browns, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. Well, I tell you what, I have got nine running backs. You can choose three. As per usual in fantasy football, we can do these in tiers if you want. It might be easier than me rattling off nine names. Um, let's do it. Let's see. Let's see what you think. Okay. First one I've got on here: Eddie Lacy had a really good rookie season with the you Packers. Know me, I like, yeah. yeah, I knew I you like would love some Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. How about the poster child for this segment, Peyton Hillis? I didn't, I didn't even know Peyton Hill. I didn't no. know who Pey- until I bought Madden. No. That one year was on. Nobody like, who knew who he was. Like, Nobody would this? know of him unless they bought Madden 12. Yep. Um, yeah. He's all right. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's right. a legend. How about Cadillac Williams? Tampa Bay Buccaneer draft mm-hmm. pick. I think they Auburn. took him first overall in, what, 04 maybe? Yeah. yeah, he was. Don't take a running back first. Don't take a running back first. How about a, a few of these guys are blast from the past? How about Thomas Rolls? At one point, was a big deal for the Seattle Seahawks. Brought him in to back up Marshawn Lynch. Got his start, his first start, maybe midway through that season, and ended up getting on the All Rookie Team that year. Yeah, Thomas Rolls could be another guy. How about Jeremy Hill? At one point, he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. I think that was in 2010 when he was with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Hill, Trey Mason. Mason. Old St. Louis Ram back yeah. when they were still in St. Louis. He went Louis. to Auburn too, right? Yep, he did. Oh, this one. No Sean Moreno from the Denver Broncos. He was good, but, you know, anyone can run behind. Anyone <laughs> can run the ball in Denver. Come on. Giovanni Bernard. Had a couple of good years with I like Cincinnati. Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. That's a good one. And last one I got here, ooh, at his peak, 
man, he might have been the best of these guys. Chris Johnson from the Tennessee Titans. I mean, yeah, Chris Johnson, check it. CJ2K. Mark it down. That, yeah. guy, that guy in his prime, oof, he was so fast. One of the fastest football players I've ever seen. I mean, I'm going to go Chris Johnson. I got three. Three. Chris Johnson, number one. Okay. Just because of his speed and big playability. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Peyton Hillis fan, sorry. No. Um, I like Eddie Lacy, Cheeseburger Eddie, though. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he can bring the boom. But he wasn't really a guy. I mean, he he was solid, but he mm-hmm. wasn't like a guy who you thought was going to break any runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a Green Bay Packer. I'm going to go Eddie okay. Lacy, and then I'll go. I like Cadillac Williams. Okay, Cadillac right. Williams. I like that. He was one of my favorite players coming out of that. I, I, I they shouldn't have drafted him or one, but mm-hmm. um, in college he was a good he was a good running back. I tell you what, it really is true when they say the lifespan of an NFL running back is like three years. And to give you some perspective on it, make you appreciate a little bit more. Just go back and see who were the top running backs in like 2010, mm-hmm. 2011. Some of these guys that were faces in the NFL at one point, and you probably haven't thought of them since like 2010. It's, it, it's insane, man. It's it's insane because um, they disappear so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, you never really notice. You don't you don't usually get a, like a farewell tour or a countdown to when their their you know their career is going to end like a quarterback mm-hmm. where it's like I want to play till I'm like forty. Yeah. For a running back, you hit a wall, you, whether it be injuries, you know, you know you, your body break. It's mo- most of the time it's your body breaking down, and literally within an off season or one or two injuries, you can't get back to that level. Mm-hmm. And then you know NFL teams are quick to well, let's find the next guy up, the next healthy younger person. Um, but even watching those those leagues, what was that league? The U, uh, that league that the formed, AAF. AAF. There were some running backs there where I forgot about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they just kind of disappeared. Who I thought they were going to be good. I tell you what, I don't have much of a list for wide receivers or tight ends. Maybe you can help me fill in some of the gaps if you think about some guys we haven't heard of from in a little bit. I do have four wide receivers. You can pick three if you want. I don't know. I'll, I'll let you pick whatever you want because you know maybe you can help me fill out this list a little more. There were three obvious choices for me. Percy Harvin being one. Josh Gordon, another. And Justin Blackman. Remember him from Oklahoma State. A lot of busts. A lot of busts. A lot of these guys just had problems like smoking yeah. you know, and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth one I had on here to a lesser extent, Austin Colley. From the Indianapolis Colts, he was pretty good back when he was at his peak in 2012, maybe. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of names. I can't even think. Right, of it's hard. Yeah, you don't think about a lot of these guys. But what about Charles Rogers from Detroit? Well, that could be a good. Yeah. I think he had a decent season, at mm-hmm. least one. Okay, before he fell off. I could go with that. You know, we could combine tight ends and receivers too, because mm-hmm. I got a couple of these guys: Jason Morrow as a tight end, and then Will Ty. Formerly with the New York Giants, that's where everyone mm-hmm. knows him from. At least the people who know him know him from that. He was briefly with New England. Oh, Kellen and then, Winslow. Oh, that's a good one. Kellen Winslow. Okay, here, here's another good one. Speaking of the Giants, David Tyree. Because he wasn't necessarily a good player, Just but he had play. one amazing moment, one defining moment, that helmet catch in the Super Bowl that denied Tom Brady his seventh ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure you remember that. I mm-hmm. was definitely rooting for the Giants. Um, man, that was an amazing catch. If I had to choose a few just out of that, I'm going to go Percy Harvin because okay. I just feel like he he, he was the most pull. talented. When he was – injuries hurt him, but, I mean, he could return the ball super fast. He could catch. He could run routes. 
you could you can put him on a jet sweep. I mean, he was able to break anything and at any point in the field. Mm-hmm. So Percy Harvin, Josh Gordon was a monster. Yep. It's so sad. It's so sad because I was rooting, I was always rooting for him to get back. I mm-hmm. mean, he was like Calvin Johnson 2.0. Yeah. He had that one season where he was just dominant. I think he played in like 12 games and was just just so much potential loss. So I'll go jo- Josh Gordon, Percy Harvin. Give me Kellen Winslow. Okay. Uh, he's a terrible person. Yeah. But for a tight end, I'll take Kellen Winslow. If we're going to go the Kellen Winslow route, would it be in bad taste of me to suggest Aaron Hernandez? Because while he was an awful human being, he was yeah. a great football player, and his actions off the field cut short what would have been potentially a Hall of Fame football career. Yeah, could you imagine him and Gronk? Yeah. That, they had it. Double tight end set? I rem- gosh. I remember watching them for mm-hmm. that short time. Or Aaron Hernandez was on that team, and I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Now they got two two of the same guys. They were like replicas of each other. I was like, this is this is bad. Mm-hmm. It still worked out for the Patriots. They're still a dynasty, but right. I was like, this is no one's going to beat this team. No, he was Aaron Hernandez. He was a, he was a head case, but when he was playing football, he was playing well. He was good, but still going to stick with Winslow. I'm going to stick with Winslow. All right. Winslow's really bad too, but he's not Aaron Hernandez bad i guess you could put them right both up there they're both terrible people they're comparable as far as yeah, people I'm, I'm not trying to compare both of these and people football players putting away gone forever tanner hoops jake durant with you let's take our last time out when we come back an nfl player we are all sick of hearing is in trouble again we're going to tell you about his situation plus what to watch for in the preseason slate tonight next in the SPNUP. check out the up's live and local sports talk show the sports pen Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show tonight, you can check it out on demand with our free mobile app. You can get it from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops and Jake Durant with you on this Thursday afternoon. Glad to have you along as well. I want to mend something I said earlier, our feature on Westwood High School football Look for that tomorrow. Look for that probably coming out tomorrow sometime in the afternoon rather than this evening. But that is going to hit our social media pages, ESPN-UP on Facebook and Twitter. Well, I tell you what, Antonio Brown, what if I told you he's in trouble again? Would you have trouble believing me? Not at all. (laughs) I mean, it's expected at this point. Well, he is in trouble again. A lawsuit has been filed against him by an Orlando area restaurant. The chef there claimed that in 2018, when Brown was in town for the Pro Bowl, that he had a $40,000 meal at his restaurant and never paid the bill. And now he's suing Antonio Brown for trying to stiff him. So I tell you what, that's the question I want to pose to you. If you were at a restaurant, you had a $40,000 meal, you had 40,000 Iron Men to spend, what are you spending it on? Where are That's you a hard question. It? I know. Like, you don't have to say, to you don't have to limit yourself to McDonald's or anything. You don't have to limit yourself to a brand name. Although, if you do spend $40,000 at McDonald's, I'm not even going to go Can there. $20,000 worth of chicken snack wraps? That'd be great. <laughs> uh, someday I do want to do that 200 you know, McNugget challenge. We should, how we should film do. it and put it on. That YouTube. would be good social content. It would be. We might do that next week. You know, I've always, you know, I, I watch those uh, eat, eating professionals on YouTube mm-hmm. a lot, and I'm always jealous at, you know, the life they live. You know what? Let's challenge Luke over at Fox Sports Marquette. Let's do it. We are going to challenge Fox Sports Marquette to a McNugget contest. I'm down. We're going to do this, man. We- <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll coordinate on that. We'll get back to you. Okay. But I tell you what, if you had $40,000 to spend 
at a restaurant, what are you spending it on? Maybe it you doesn't know, even I, have to be a restaurant. How about I was going to say, you know, let's it's give you a freedom like, of a grocery store. Okay, well, spend on frozen pizza if you want. Pizza, you know, I, if I had to go to a restaurant, I had forty thousand dollars. That's insane. Mm. I don't even know if I could. But it would have to be like some upscale in a city, mm. you know. Give me on the the roof of the, the restaurant, you know. Give me the VIP section. So you just want give me a nice two medium sized sticks and anything gold plated, anything gold flakes, anything with gold flakes on. It, I want to try it. Let me try it. Okay. Um, give me a nice thing of wine. Um, you know, just give, give me one of everything on the menu. You know, pasta, steak, um, just everything, ribs. On Twitter, a wine. woman was talking about what she would spend. $40,000 on in reference to the Antonio Brown saga. She was all going to spend all of it on one thing. $40,000 worth of White Claw products. That is just the most... I'm, I don't want to get in trouble, but that's, that's a, that's <laughs> a try, stereotype there. Yeah, I'm trying There's to There's a stereotype a there. I mean... Really though, White Claws? If, White you're, <laughs> if you're going to spend $40,000 on alcohol, you can do a little better than that. Get, get a champagne. Yeah, get, get a white claw. Get a nice bubbly. Give me, give me, you know, a nice bottle of wine. Give me, you know, some some nice high end bottle of liquor. Why would you buy a white? Claw? It's a summer drink. Are you gonna try and hammer all those down before fall gets here? I watch. Going back to the YouTube thing, I watched somebody try to down nineteen white claws in nineteen Oof. minutes. Ouch! It, it, I think they got seven, <laughs> and then they yacked it everywhere. <laughs> Listen. I'm not trying to get too much into talking about drinking alcohol, but I've tried White Claws, and they're not everything that they're cut out to. So you're not a White Claw guy? I don't dislike them, but I, I'll have, like, one. You better say you dislike them if you want to come back next week. <laughs> I hate White Claws. I'm kidding with you. Um, I'm one of those guys. It's, it's kind of comparable. A White Claw is kind of comparable to, like, a Smirnoff Ice. I am totally the guy who will make fun of you if I see you drinking a Smirnoff Ice. What if you get ice? But then I have my chance to do it, and that's the first thing I'm going to. <laughs> I'm totally sometimes, one of those guys. Sometimes those type of drinks are nice, but only, like, one. You know what I mean? Just right. give me one, then I'm going to move on to my, you know, what I like. Give me, like, a, a nice whiskey. Oh, I tell you what. beers. Uh, we only have a couple minutes left. Now we're down to one. I just checked the phone. Here's some playoff match. Uh, excuse me, playoff. How about preseason matchups this evening? Nick Foles reunites against the Eagles. That could be a fun one. Jets and Falcons. I don't even know who's going to watch that, let alone what to watch for in that. Same with Cincinnati and Washington. Like Dwayne Haskins, he needs a bounce back. I know, but is he going to go up against the third tier defense for like the 28th ranked defense in the don't league? Don't throw picks. Um, Oakland. And Arizona could be fun. Derek Carr against Kyler Murray. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to take his first snaps of the preseason tonight when Green Bay is at Baltimore. That's probably going to be the one that you'll be following, huh? Yep. I, all I hope to see is Aaron Rodgers staying healthy, knock mm -hmm. on wood. And I just want to see some efficiency. I want to see some, a little bit of rhythm. Um, and I want to see kind of Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, you know, communicating. I want things to go smoothly. And I want them to, to put some points on the board. I, I know they're going to play probably about a quarter, they said. I don't mm -hmm. know how many series that's going to be. And then obviously that defense. It's supposed to be a good defense. Uh, obviously they're not going to play their starters that long. But when they're out there, I just want them to win their, their matchups. That's all. Tanner Hoops and Jake Durant with you. It is 5 o'clock. It's time to sign off. Appreciate you as always. You mentioned you're doing some work with football team previews. When are we going to see those start airing? Maybe they have, and I've just missed a few of them. If I did, how can I tune into those? Um, so, yeah, we've been airing all week. We've aired at least one a day, um, and we're going to continue doing that. They're going to be on our website. The uh, The best way to, to get to them, Facebook, High School Sports on Facebook page. Um, you know, I'm posting those after every show. Um, and, yeah, we're just going to try to get to as many as we can. We're going to try to hit some eight-player teams as well next week. 
and just kind of see what we got going on this year. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. We are done for the day. I'll be back on tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. It's my hope that you join me. Will Kane is next. Hoops Durant, we out. See you tomorrow.